You are listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, SPS Commerce, and Sezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is March 9th. 9th, yes, 2023. Ann. I am your host, Ann Mazinga. <laughs> and I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Chris? Great recovery there. For those that are listening, Like I, I actually write the openings every week, and I put the wrong date on there. I still Sorry. had last week's date on there and knew the date right away. I'm yeah. impressed. I had it's no on, idea it's it was March screen. 9th. It's on the screen. I had no screen. idea it was March 9th. Oh, right. I right, knew right. where to look. Right, right, right. Um, I'm cheating. We are, we, are, we are coming to you nice and bright and early after returning home last night and a solid burrito dinner um, from Miami from the National Confectioners Association State of the Industry Conference. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. It was such a good conference. I loved it. For sure, one of my top conferences of yeah, all time. Like yeah. The venue was awesome. Oh, yeah. The crowd was awesome. Um, let's talk about also the candy. Like We the had candy ki- delivered to our rooms every night. Mm-hmm. It was like magical. I had, so. a, I had to bring a whole separate carry-on just for the candy. Yeah. Yeah. My kids don't understand just like how amazing yeah. this is. So I can only imagine the people at that conference, like their kids must love them so yeah. much more than our kids love us. Oh, right. And my dentist wife was not happy when I got home with oh, this incredible imagine. bag of candy. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was, she just it was tough. It's tough. But you but the one downside of the trip, I will say, was was there was a, quite a lot of bugs at yes. the trip. And they particularly liked your skin much more than mine. Terrible, Chris. I counted. So there's these bugs. They're kind of like mosquitoes. They're called noceums. Noceums, because you don't see them. You don't see them. And my mom and dad used to live in Florida, so I would always get attacked by them. Like, I couldn't go out after 4 p.m. because they were especially bad then. But this Miami, 82 bites I counted. 80. <laughs> 82 bites? And that's the that's just the ones I can see, Chris. That's not even the ones that are God knows where. Do you need help to get the full count? I might start like itching and scratching <laughs> oh during God. this. Hopefully not, but that's, you know. That's insane. 82 I tried bites. the Epsom bath. I tried everything so that I could like release the toxins. But. Oh my God. But in seriousness, like we had a great show. We got yeah. to do our live Fast Five in front of the audience. Everyone was really receptive to it. We also got to interview two executives from Walmart yes. and Target on stage, which I don't think ever happened in my recollection no and it was amazing mark they kenny were, and seth malley yeah. like we and out they were a blast we got them kind of jabbing at each other towards oh, the end awesome. it was awesome but yeah if any of you are interested in having ann and me come to your company to do a live fast five in front of your team and tailor to your organization just drop either one of us a message on linkedin or email us at info at redarcherretail.com that's info at redarcherretail.com we'd love to do it for you we love taking this format on the road all right Ann, should we get started let's do it In today's Fast Five, we've got news on the ongoing saga of Amazon Go, Dollar Tree's plans to launch hundreds of private label items as they push into grocery, Uber's new shopping option for drivers, the chef-to-consumer marketplace startup that now plans to expand nationwide. Oh, yes. But we begin today with some big healthcare moves from Walmart and... That's right. Chris, headline number one is that Walmart plans to double its health center format by 2024. That's next year. So according to Chain Store Age, it plans to open 28 new Walmart health centers next year, giving it a total of more than 75 locations by the end of 2024. The expansion will increase Walmart Health's footprint into 
two new states, Missouri and Arizona, and also deepen it in Texas, specifically within the Dallas metro area and also in Houston. Yes. The new facilities will be approximately 5,750 square feet and located beside Walmart supercenters and will feature a full suite of health services. The services will likely vary by location, but include primary care, labs, x-ray, and EKG, behavioral health, dental, hearing, select specialty services, community health, and telehealth. Walmart debuted its freestanding health center concept in 2019, and currently there are 32 Walmart health locations open across Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, and Texas. Did you know there were that many? I I wasn't aware there were that many. I didn't either. But as we will as we will discuss in this headline, like there's a lot of things going on at Walmart that I just don't think we even know about yeah. that that contribute to this bigger idea. Yeah. But what what are your thoughts on this, Chris? I, well, I think that's a great point because I think well, I've I've been just more growing more and more impressed with Walmart with each and every passing week here, and especially Doug McMillan and his leadership. But you know, my big takeaway is lots of moves in the retail healthcare space this weekend. Oh, for lots sure. of them. So you've got this one just to call attention for our listeners. You got this one. And then you also had Best Buy working with Atrium yes. on in-home hospital installations, which I think is a great move. Yeah. But I love this move by Walmart. And there's two things that stand out to me. One, how fast they're growing the concept. Right. Because, and I've said this before on the show, and it got me in trouble once. I won't say why, but I think it's really important. The Ooh. speed at which a retailer rolls out something tells you how much they are behind it right. and how big of an impact they think the idea could have. That's very important to keep in mind as it's going to come up later in the show, I think, as well. The second thing that struck me in what you just read is the size of these operations mm-hmm. and where they are. Okay, So they're only 6,000 square feet. Right. So that's an easy build. Mm-hmm. And they're placing them right in the parking lot. Like It's similar to like a standalone gas station concept at a Walmart. It's mm-hmm. no different than that. So so they can put these anywhere, and they can build them out as quick as they want. And it's telling me that Walmart is doing a great job, when you think about it in that context, of being the get-stuff-done-in-my-life place to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, back when we were working on Store of the Future, Chris, we, you know, it, there was this yeah. idea, and Walmart was talking about it, Target was talking about it, like, how do you become the town center? Walmart, with almost 5,000 locations, uniquely positioned to do this. And I was talking to Seth Malley behind stage before mm-hmm. we went on just about, like, I didn't realize you that Walmart was rolling out its own, like, standalone con- uh, convenience and gas stores. Right. And they're doing that. Some, you know, a lot of them mm-hmm. are, again, in the Walmart parking lot. And I think when you start to think about all those Walmart locations and then just kind of building upon the the parking lot options Adding these healthcare centers is a great, great thing for the community to be able to use when 100%. they're going to, you know, and then picking up any drugs or anything they need afterward or, you know, food items or grocery. Like it's it's one quick trip. And then I think the other thing that I bring in here, too, is, you know, talking to Chris Duncan a couple of weeks ago at Etail from Claire's about them going into Walmart and they're just renting space inside the Walmart right. they're leasing space just like a mall so i think the more that you're adding into this i think is is so valuable to the consumer to be that one-stop shop and to to really make Walmart like the center of the community which is a thing that i think they've been wanting to do for quite a long time so yeah, right. i love this idea right doctor doctor give me the news i got a bad case why? of i don't know why it's do just a like- doctor doctor so the other point i'd make the way real quick yeah best buy let's go back to that for a yeah, second yeah 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 best buy's move is great because it shows the same trend here but they're continuing to differentiate in the same way against walmart that they have traditionally so walmart going with the the standalone health center idea yeah but 
but Best Buy saying, you know what, we're going to win on the services angle right. and get these help you get these in-home hospitals set up, right. similar to how you set up your your like man caves, you yep. know, same idea. So brilliant move from them. All right, headline number two, according to Retail Dive, Amazon is permanently closing eight Go convenience stores, two in Seattle, mm-hmm. two in New York City, and four in San Francisco, all around April 1st. The closures represent, this, is, this blew my mind, Ann, nearly one quarter of Amazon's current store base and brings the current estimated total amount of Go stores down to just 23. Is this an April Fool's joke? No, I right. That's kind of funny, right? Yeah. I just realized that the, that April first is the thing. I hope this is an April Fool's joke. It's too funny to joke about, Anne. I All know. Right. And yet, despite these closures, an Amazon spokesperson said about the news, "quote We remain committed to the Amazon Go format, operate more than twenty Amazon Go stores across the U.S., and will continue to learn which locations and features resonate most with customers as we keep evolving our Amazon Go stores." End quote. And are you buying that stated commitment? You know, we talked it's about a tough one. we talked about this at at the NCA show. We did. I'm not ready to give up on these yet. Like I think that there's still some like formulation happening. The only difference is that Amazon conducts its R&D in the real world versus a lot of some mm-hmm. of the other retailers that mm-hmm. are exploring this concept. Like mm-hmm. it starts internally with the store. It's like Amazon's doing this and they're getting real life data. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we're going to continue to expect to see this like wax and wane a little bit. But I still think this is this is a good concept for early adopters. I'm a little surprised to see San Francisco and, and New York closing because that seems like the prime market for these. Yeah. So maybe they're seeing better results with the suburban go formats. That could be. I stand by my theory, though, that this is still an early adopter problem, that there's still not enough people that feel comfortable shopping like this. And that as soon as these they start to expand stadiums selling booze and you can get a beer in no time at all because you're using the Amazon Just Walk Out, I think it's just going to be like QR codes during at a restaurant during the pandemic. Like, I think that people will catch on to that. And then that's going to start to take this concept by storm. I'm actually going to be a little more pointed on this one. Okay. Um, you know, and, I th- I'm, and I'm going to bring up a couple points here. So the Retail Dives article, mm-hmm. they stated something, and I don't remember if it, I can't recall if it was a, you know specifically said by Amazon or something that Retail Dive was inferring, and that was what you said about the New York, San Francisco markets being busy places, and they're kind of dead on the weekends, and so they don't really feel like this oh, format's sure. right. Okay. But I've lived in those markets you know, during the week, and those stores pound. Right. Like, they are just pound yeah. pounders like the amount of people going in and out of them so this this concept should work very well for that market so to think it's just going to work in suburbia makes me kind of question that but the other reason is okay and it goes back to what i said in the first headline i'm gonna eat what i cook here okay what did i just say i said you can tell how well something is working by how fast a retailer rolls it out amazon go has been around since 2018 yep they aren't speeding up the pace of the format mm-hmm. and overall they're actually pulling it back pretty significantly so my hunch right now, if I read the tea leaves, is I think Just Walk Out may just be a licensing play at this point mm. to airports, to campuses like we heard about this week with the yep. Transact campus news. Because here, I'm going to be really pointed here too. What evidence do we have, Ann, that Amazon is good at physical retail? I pose that question to everyone and to Amazon too, you data-driven company. What evidence is there that you know how to do physical retail? Four-star? Right. Books? Fresh style, style yeah. like I'll, I'm waiting. Right. Like it doesn't appear that anyone is really beating down the doors to shop at any of them. But the, what do you think? The only, you get the last the word only here. defense I would say here is that I think that we're seeing a lot of success 
when you go into the smaller mm-hmm. container stores, which to your point is is in general that's licensing. You're talking about like yep. the small, you know, Hudson, like Hudson News, News concepts. Yeah. And we haven't seen, at least I wasn't able to find what these campus stores look like. But I think they got to be small though. If you're yeah. doing that that real small format, I do think there's a benefit to continuing to use that technology eventually when you get down to the point of like eventually being able to eliminate staffing from that being able to be open 24 7 having a small limited number of SKUs that that the cameras will know and identify it's not like you're changing stuff up like a grocery store Mm -hmm. is at that volume all the time so I I have hope for this still to come I still think that there is going to be use cases for it I think Amazon's just still figuring it out yeah real quick real quick real quick before I think you're you potentially still onto something where if you look at the history of Amazon how built its e-commerce platform, right? It it really built that on the backs of other people licensing the technology too mm-hmm. until it got to be the way people wanted to shop. So yeah, I could see them still just playing the licensing angle here for the next five to 10 years. Right. And then maybe this idea gets more of a play from them or other people in the physical world. But I don't know if and, Amazon's going to be the one to do and it. And will it be from Amazon or will, right. will other retailers right. have started taking over right. by then? Because I still think like... The licensing play right. for me for Amazon still doesn't make sense. Like I think the big retailers are not going to be giving this information over to Amazon. They're so I think it's a great now. opportunity yeah. for the the Trigos, the Grabangos of the world. And you know, Amazon like, doesn't know how to do physical retail. That's right. Like okay. All right. We get yeah. we we yeah. have a, we get passionate yeah. about this. Just walk out technology. All right. Headline number three. So Dollar Tree plans to open a test kitchen and to launch hundreds of private label items as it pushes even deeper into grocery. In addition, according to Winsight Grocery Business, Dollar Tree and Family Dollar also said it has begun, quote, aggressively expanding, end quote, its $3, $4, and $5 frozen and refrigerated products growing from zero to 3,500 stores last year. Is that clocked? Damn, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) CEO Rick Dreeling told analysts early Wednesday in a call to discuss earnings, quote, this will consist of three cooler doors, one at each price point, with an attractive selection of proteins, pizza, ice cream, and more, which the consumer is responding positively to, end quote. Quote, our goal is to have 30 doors per store, end quote, Dreeling also said. One more quote here. Uh, When a shopper buys something from the multiple price point refrigerated and frozen section at Dollar Tree, their basket size is more than double that of someone with no multi-priced items, Mm. end quote. Lots of thoughts there from the old CEO, Chris. Lots of uh, really good thoughts. Um, This is also the A&M point you on the spot question this week. The third headline this week. Not saving it till the end. I like it. I like it. I like it. Bring it. All right. A&M is going to ask you this, Chris. Okay. Closing my eyes. I'm deep in thought. All right. The dollar discount channel continues to be a force to be reckoned with in grocery, with food comps outpacing the rest of the store. Given the emphasis on private label, if you're a branded CPG food manufacturer, how worried are you about Mm. continued margin degradation across channels after reading this headline? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think you have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I think you 100% have to worry because if you're a CPG... The thing I'd say about this strategy, I have literally no doubt that it's going to work. Uh, I'm going to be that brazen in my opinion. And I say that because I've seen it work firsthand at Target, Ann. Right. I was leading frozen food at Target when Target expanded its frozen food doors, essentially, to every store in the country. And it it was never that way. People can remember. Like, Target didn't carry food not that long ago. It was like 15 years ago. They maybe had three doors or something. Yeah. It was minimal. I mean, it was very, very small. But that's what they did. And that was the playbook. It was... Go frozen food first, refrigerated, because that stuff keeps a little bit longer, especially mm-hmm. the frozen stuff. 
Then you expand into private label, right. right? The dry goods, the frozen food, private label offerings. And then ultimately you move into fresh. Mm-hmm. Like that's the playbook here. Yep. And it's going to work because now it's just taking that playbook, adapting it to a demographic. Mm-hmm. And so this has to impact CBGs to some degree in the long run, especially as those lower demographic price conscious consumers yes. are in play. I love this too because I think when I think about the future, you're talking about you know they've seen success with the with the frozen and refrigerated goods. Now they're starting to go into fresh. Fresh grocery drives trips. Like end of story. And I think when we kind of layer this on top of the Walmart kind of town center idea that we were talking about in the first story, yep. Dollar Tree also has the ability to do this, but at a slightly smaller scale yeah, than Walmart. Right. You don't need to offer everything. They have how many thousands of locations right. like. They underserved all, markets. Underserved markets. They also have the opportunity to provide products that is an alternative now to usually the only grocery outlet in town. Like when you go to these small towns, it's like there's a grocery store, there's a dollar store, and a gas station, and a bar, you know? <laughs> and now when you think about not only can I get these these private label brands from Dollar Tree, but I can also get all my shopping done for everything else I need in the Dollar Tree store. So I don't have to make a trip to the grocery store and a trip to Dollar Tree, and it's cheaper. Like Mm -hmm. all of the things are coming together to make this a more opportune, time-saving, convenient shopping experience in all these regions. So I think it's brilliant. 100%. It's a one-stop shop in the dollar environment. That's essentially what we're going for here. And it just makes fundamental sense. Yes. I mean, all right, before we get to headline four, this is also the part of the podcast where we tell you about another great retail conference Ann and I are heading to this summer, and that is Home Delivery World. Home Delivery World. Delivery World. Home Delivery World is the largest free supply chain and logistics conference and expo, and it is taking place June 14th and 15th in Philly. Here's the other thing, Ann. It's also free to attend. So I don't think it costs very much. That's that's no. my take. I think it's no. I, think, I think it's fairly it's, affordable. It's very affordable very, very and affordable you conference. get to we get to hang out with uh, you get to hang out with us. Yeah, you get to hang out with us and over 350 other exhibitors all of whom are showcasing cutting-edge retail logistics solutions with 7,000 plus attendees. Yeah, this is a great one. This is kind of like NCA because they all everybody like knows each other. It is, yeah. There's like a lot of like fun. You people are fun at Supply these conferences. They've wonky. known each yeah. other for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. great great time. I love it. Yeah, so just head to terrapin.com/homedeliveryworld. That's t e r r a p i n n.com/homedeliveryworld to learn more and register today. All right, headline number 4. According to Chain Store Age, Uber is introducing Shop and Pay a new earning opportunity on the Uber driver app in the U.S. that lets delivery personnel opt into receiving trips to go into retailers, primarily grocery stores, Mm -hmm. and and to shop and check out for orders before delivering them to customers as usual. Now, nearly 200,000 U.S. delivery personnel have already been performing shopping trips since the program began being piloted, according to Uber. And according to Teresa Lim, Senior Director of Product Management, Grocery Plus New Verticals at Uber, interesting title, quote, couriers who use Uber Eats are increasingly finding grocery shopping to be a reliable and positive addition to their earning opportunities, end quote. And it feels like Uber is trying to turn its normal non-Uber Eats drivers into Instacart-like drivers. Do you like this move? Yeah. (laughs) It's super smart. I mean, there's not a lot to say about it here. It's just like, they're following the DoorDash playbook where you just do whatever you can to keep your drivers as utilized as yep. they possibly can be, keep them profitable, keep them busy. 
And I, I think that the upgrades to the app here, like the smart things, they like I think yeah. that I, I have to give the product team at Uber kudos right. for really thinking through like allowing digital payments mm-hmm. to be all handled within the app, which yep. makes life easier on the drivers, especially when this is a new kind of activity, mm-hmm. and then helping them with substitutions. So yep. I haven't use the app myself but i think that they were smartly addressing like how do we get these people onboarded as quickly as possible so they can start making money and start being more efficient yeah it sounds smart right it totally yeah. sounds smart so i i mean yeah i don't have much to add i love it too i think like to your point just to add on to it it's a scale game at this point we've talked about it a lot so whether you're talking about returns mm-hmm. being a taxi service doing restaurant delivery all a doordash all of those bring scale to your operation which is vastly different than trying to provide in-store shopping technology, which, right. as we talked about last week, is what Instacart's doing. We've talked about a lot and why we don't like that idea. But you have to – I mean, the, the last takeaway I'd have here, Ann, is I think if I'm looking – and I've been thinking about this a lot. If I think long-term, yeah. I have to think for those reasons, Uber Eats and DoorDash become the number one and number two players in the long run in the U.S. delivery marketplace game mm-hmm. because they have those scale efficiencies. Right. And Instacart, at best, is going to get gobbled up by either one of them right. when I think about how this plays out. You agree? I agree, yeah. Right. Now I just need them to like cut my hair, fix my computer, my my cracked phone screen. On-demand you know. haircuts. <laughs> yeah, like, all, the, all the other things. Um, all right, let's go to headline number five. Chef, spelled S-H-E-F, a chef to consumer marketplace is now taking its marketplace nationwide, Chris. According to TechCrunch, yes. Chef works with local cooks making authentic homemade dishes and provides them with business tools like menu formation and pricing, photography, teaches them how to create their own bios and how to market and promote themselves. Mm-hmm. Thousands of chefs are now using the platform across 11 states and Washington, D.C., 85% of whom are women and 80% people of color. And many are Im- immigrants or refugees cooking homemade dishes representing nearly 100 countries. Wow. In the past four years, TechCrunch says that Chef has facilitated the serving of approximately 3 million dishes and helps chefs bring in tens of millions of dollars in net income. Chris, wow. what are your thoughts on this one? Man, I like this idea a lot. Yeah. Um, I, th- I know you love it. So yeah. I'm going to probably cede the floor to hear to you, here to you really quickly. Uh, but I mean, I like it because it makes, it makes becoming a chef or opening a restaurant even easier because mm-hmm. it lowers the cost to get started yep. versus opening a restaurant with all the oh, capital that requires. Insane. It's insane. It's even better than buying a food truck for that reason yes. or buying into the BS concept that we called BS on pretty early, the cloud kitchens. Right. Right. It's same thing. But all those, I mean, whether you want to look at a food truck or cloud kitchen, all those potentially still become a viable option for you as you learn the value of you as a chef. Right. In, in, you know, in, in the marketplace. Like if, and this gives you the ability to test the waters there very simply to say, yes. like, do people like my food? Right. Are they attracted to it? Let me see. And then I can go into those other things, open my own restaurant later. It's a smart move from an entrepreneurial perspective. Yes. So I think this thing's going to be gangbusters. Yeah. I think I know at first when people hear about this, they're kind of like, I'm sorry, you're going to cook food in your kitchen and then I'm going to pick it up. Like that sounds creepy. But is that the voice they used to? I think I think that's like what is going through people's head, like who are. It was like kind little... of Fran Drescher meets like <laughs> like California snobby. Sure, it's kind of cool. Sure. I like that. Take the four hundred one. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I do. I love this. You know, like mm-hmm. I share my house. I do home exchanges. I share my car. I do, you do. I, yeah, everything. Oh, I've been ordering food yes. from my neighbor across the street for the last three years. Like Morgan's broth and buns. Like I pick it up every Friday from her kitchen. Like she runs it out in the kitchen. Yeah. So I love this. I think that you know we've already seen the su- success at scale with chef they've 
served three three million meals or facilitated the serving of three million meals. You have an, a millennial and Gen Z audience who I think are in big into the sharing economy and getting like sourced really great food experiences and supporting these communities that again like don't have access to capital to open restaurants right away. So I think that's really yeah. smart. And also, when we're thinking about the logistics of this too, so Chef, that application, they're handling all of the delivery and everything, like the last mile logistics for getting these products to the consumers. So all you have to, like, as as an individual, that's another thing that you don't have to worry about is plugging into, like, Uber Eats or whatever right away. But then it also made me think of, um, you know, we interviewed Harbor Lockers mm-hmm. back at um, at Manifest, and they created those lockers for like that. You know, it's an open API, so anybody can use that. Yeah, so Facebook good. exchange, you know, Facebook Marketplace exchanges, you, any retailer can plug mm-hmm. into that. But now I think this is a really cool opportunity for that too. Like if you are a, a person selling on the chef platform to be able to walk up to these lockers and like you know put all 25 of your orders in and you're done that's another use case for this potentially that i think is really cool yeah right but before we get off this i i want to just make sure i heard you correctly so you order something from a place called broth and buns yes she makes like what's it called again morgan's broth morgan's and buns. broth and buns yeah it's based she's based in minneapolis wow. she took her bubby's like uh matzo ball soup recipe oh, wow. chicken soup recipe so you every friday you can pick up a quart of chicken noodle soup oh. with egg noodles, and I'm, then I'm just a big bread. fan of the alliteration. Oh, it's yeah. Well, and cinnamon rolls. Now they make hollow cinnamon. You know, rolls, I ain't no hollow back guy. So you are let's not. Let's do this. Oh my All god. All right, let's get out of here before Chris starts singing Gwen Stefani. All right, Chris. Lightning round time. Question one: A Rod and Mark Laurie are on their next venture. Chris, I'm sure they are. Jump a ticketing app that plans to take on Ticketmaster directly. Chris, if Mark dialed you for dollars for one of his ventures, which would you pony up for first, Jump or Wonder, the food, oh the God. mobile food truck concept? Uh, I definitely would pick Jump for sure just because I've been short on Wonder since from the get-go. I mean, I didn't talk about that in the last headline, but I th- it's, that, that last chef is such a better idea than Wonder like yeah. it, on it conceptually. So, yes, I would, I would pick Jump. I'm still a little skeptical of that one, too, for reasons we won't go into here, but yes. All right, according to Nestle. Yes. 60% of U.S. households now own an air fryer. Why, Anne, are you one of the holdout 40%? Because I have a tiny house and I barely have enough like space. So it's a counter space issue? 100%. 100%. Okay, so if you had a bigger house, you'd have one. Perhaps. All right, perhaps. Right, that's why I I'm thought. I'm not, I, I don't like to keep a lot of things out on mm. my counter. Like, You're a minimalist. I'm, I'm, I try to be a minimalist All right. with my tiny kitchen. All right, Chris, Claire's opened an immersive store in Paris, uh, complete with multiple ear piercing stations. Sorry, just piercing stations. I shouldn't be specific to ear piercing. Oh, uh, right. Multiple piercing stations, a content studio, and more. Do you have any piercings? And if not, you had to get something pierced right now, what would it be? Oh, my God. Um, I can't believe I don't know this about you, but do you uh, have any yeah. piercings? No, I do not have any piercings, number one. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's funny. You don't know that about me. Um. And uh, I would, this one's going to surprise you, Ann. I would actually go with my tongue at this stage in life. <laughs> yeah, I totally would. I think the easy answer is the ear because it's like less painful, but I think I'd go with the tongue. If I was going to do it, because I would never do oh it. Oh my God. Imagining I, you with a tongue piercing is like making me want to vomit in my mouth. <laughs> Thank you. A tongue piercing? Yeah, because like everyone does the ear, but like if I'm, which, because I'm never going to do it, I'd be like, yeah, all right, let's go all in. Let's go with the tongue. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you? Would you get like one of those giant ball things on yeah, your tongue? Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. God. All yeah. right, we gotta yeah. move on. Let, the, gonna... let your minds wander. All no. Right. no. <laughs> all right. Question number four. This is great. This is one of my all-time faves. Derek Zoolander is set to get his own ad campaign for Pepsi Zero Sugar 
after his brief appearance in the Super Bowl recently. Because it makes for such great podcast content, and give the audience your best Blue Steel impersonation. <laughs> it's almost as bad as imagining you with the tongue ring. That is what the Blue Steel impression the, looks for like. For those listening and not watching on the video, Anne just whipped her hair <laughs> and gave her best Blue Steel impersonation, which was all I was hoping for. All right, that wraps us up today. Happy birthday to Oscar Isaac Bow Wow. Mm. Bow Wow appearance. And the woman who is the main reason I have watched Pitch Perfect over 30 times, the great Brittany That's Snow. also somewhat creepy. That's Gosh. something that a guy with a tongue ring would do. Oh, come on now. Come on now. All right. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us. And it's all just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. So until next week, and on behalf of all of us at OmniTalk, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brand. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. Find out more at firework.com. And SPS Commerce. SPS Commerce is redefining how businesses across the supply chain operate in an omni-channel world. Their experts, tech, and data work together to fuel your growth and deliver for your customers. Find out more, head to spscommerce.com. Finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.